This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Time once again for instant analysis right here on the Bama Online Podcast. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, following the Alabama Crimson Tide's 45-20 win over the ninth-ranked K-State Wildcats at the Caesar Superdome earlier on Saturday. Cathartic, maybe, the best way to describe that win for Alabama fans on the heels of some close losses this season on the road, some close wins even at home in the instance of Texas A&M. Of course, the Texas game uh, qualified, the road trip to Oxford. Yeah, I think this was sort of the distressor that Alabama fans needed. Now, it didn't come without a bit of stress to get things going. It almost felt appropriate in some ways, given what we have seen from this Alabama team in 2022, that K-State jump out to a 10 to nothing first quarter lead. What about Deuce Vaughn going 88 yards? You have a little bit of a Zeke Elliott flashback to that 2014 season and that first college football playoff, the semifinal loss to Ohio State on that very same field. Deuce Vaughn running in that same same exact direction that Zeke Elliott ran all those years ago. But the Crimson Tide, you know, the Crimson Tide this season showed you that it could take a punch because fell down big early at Tennessee, got behind at LSU. The problem for this team wasn't responding to deficits. Time after time, we saw Alabama not only get back into games, but get in front. Now, where the problem came in was the finishing kick. And so even though Alabama rebounded to the point of getting up 14-10 to 10 there, in the second quarter, you were still a little bit leery, weren't you? Yeah, of course you were. But then a big sequence, huge sequence with the goal line or the fourth and goal stop down there at about the Alabama two late in the second quarter. And that came at the end of just a hellacious possession for K-State. What was it? 10 plus minutes there in the second quarter that K-State held onto the football Kansas State does not get into the end zone. Got a little lucky there. Will Anderson got a nice jam initially on the K-State tight end before falling down, and maybe that helped him. But K-State comes up empty, and then Alabama follows with a 98-yard drive engineered by Bryce Young. And if this was it for Bryce Young, which the way in which he was ceremoniously replaced there in the fourth quarter, I thought spoke to the very likelihood that he has played his last game for the Alabama Crimson Tide. What a way to go out for number nine. 15 of 21, 321 yards, five touchdown passes, fourth time in Bryce Young's Alabama career that he has thrown for five touchdown passes in a game. So if it had to be the sort of curtain call, for Bryce Young. Fitting. If we're going to stick with maybe word association. We already threw cathartic out there. We'll throw fitting. If it was going to come in a non-CFP setting for Bryce Young, Saturday was fitting 
for the junior from Southern California. So Bryce Young gets off to a little bit of a sluggish start. Don't know what the deal was with him and Jermaine Burton, but it was not working early. I think Bryce one of four on his first four pass attempts for six yards. And then from that point forward, he goes 14 of 17 for 315 yards and those five touchdowns spread the football around extensively, especially when you talk about the touchdown passes. And again, that sequence there in the second quarter was absolutely mammoth in which Alabama was able to take that 21 to 10 lead at the half. But I'll tell you what, when it's 10 to nothing there in the first quarter, and Alabama is looking at a third and 10 from around its own 30. And Bryce is able to find Jameer Gibbs on that little crossing route that Jameer turns into a 60-yard pickup down to the Kansas State nine-yard line. And we can talk about that stop. And we can talk about that 98-yard drive. And, and again, pivotal, no doubt about it. But as far as sparking that 35 to nothing run as it would become – Huge play in the football game on a third down. And even on the third and goal, a few plays later, Bryce is able to get good protection before he finds Isaiah Bond. Uh, Nice to see a couple of true freshman wide receivers, right, come up big with Bond catching the first of Bryce's five touchdown passes in the game. And then Kobe Prentice caps it with a touchdown grab there later in the contest. So Alabama offensively gets it going after giving up the big play to Deuce Vaughn, 88 yards. You know, you figured, and we'll go to the defensive side for now. We'll move around a little bit. We'll get back to the offense and some special teams as well because that was another area where Alabama too often during the regular season provided paths to victories for opposition. That wasn't a problem as much in a in the win over Kansas State on Saturday. But defensively, boy, Brian Branch, I know that Bryce was very deserving of the Most Outstanding Player Award, but hard for Brian Branch to walk out of that building Saturday without some type of an award after he goes for 12 tackles, 11 solos for Brian Branch. And Kansas State, an offense, even though they'll play a good bit of 12 personnel, they'll keep your nickel on the field. And Branch was just tremendous with the four tackles for loss one of those being a sack he had one of Alabama's two interceptions in the game that was another big sequence there uh, for Alabama in surging ahead of this uh, K-State team but Brian Branch tremendous again another guy and we talked about it in the lead up to this game and Nick Saban certainly beat that drum about increasing value for yourself by actually playing in a bowl game Hard to argue with Nick Saban on the heels of this one, man, because I don't think Bryce Young probably needed to do much to convince, say, the Houston Texans that he is a guy that would do very well for their franchise, not just in terms of what he brings to the quarterback position, but kind of a rudderless organization as far as the face of the Houston Texans. And Bryce exemplifies everything you want in that position, both as a player and a person, but uh Bryce did well for himself in the game no doubt Brian Branch did well for himself in the game and we get back to offense we'll talk about Jameer Gibbs and some of the other guys uh Tyler Steen playing in the game at left tackle uh some other guys of interest that we'll we'll get into but defensively you figured the Alabama safeties and sub personnel package guys like Branch would have to be active and have to be involved against this 
K-State run game. And once Vaughn hit the 88-yarder, you know, I got the sense, or you would have thought anyway, that going into this game, the plan for Alabama defensively was going to be, look, K-State might beat us, but they're not going to beat us with with Vaughn getting 20-plus carries and, and running for 200 yards. Now, the 88-yarder was huge, but when you look at his 14 carries after that, 28 rushing yards for Deuce Vaughn. He was stopped behind the line of scrimmage five times. Alabama had eight tackles for loss in the game, and five of those came against Deuce Vaughn. Brian Branch had three of those five on Deuce Vaughn for tackles for loss. So once they got that out of their system and took that big punch, it seemed to really get the attention of the Alabama defense because if you get out of a gap and on that touchdown run, I think maybe Henry got out of the gap a little bit there, didn't really – hit his fit like he needed to, and that's all it takes against a guy like this. He's 5'6", Deuce Vaughn is. He's only 175, 180 pounds, but hard guy to pick up, and then by the time he gets into your safeties, because he's so sudden, it's impossible most times to react the way you need to to keep runs from becoming what that one did for Vaughn. But I'll tell you what, I give Kool-Aid McKinstry a lot of credit on that play too. Kool-Aid didn't quit. And Kool-Aid nearly got there inside the 10, but he was just a little bit late. And, you know, that was part of the problem early too uh, in the first quarter. I thought we saw too much of, or too little, depending on how you want to look at it. Didn't see enough hats getting to the football and didn't see uh, you know, guys were late. Uh, we saw some guys for Kansas State. Warner, the wide receiver for Kansas State, was breaking a couple of tackles and helping to sustain some things for K-State offensively. But, man, when you look at it after the Vaughn touchdown run, uh, things really picked up for Alabama defensively. And, again, safety, sub-package personnel. DeMarco Hellams with 13 tackles in the game. Jordan Battle. Really, really good performance from Jordan as he moves on to the National Football League. Nine tackles for the veteran safety, and he also had an interception. You know, Jordan really hadn't gotten his hand, gotten his hands on a lot of footballs during the 2022 season. But Alabama, we will say this, second two-interception game for the Alabama defense in its last three contests. Now, one of those was Austin P. So, you know, not to temper it too much, but... Uh, The turnover margin in general was going to be huge going into this game because K-State at plus 14 on the season, Alabama at minus four, big discrepancy there, big disparity there. You know, and Alabama ends up winning turnover margin on Saturday at plus two. And it felt like more than that because you got the fourth down stop down inside the 10 late in the second quarter. And then you also, your special teams, the recovery of the onside kick by Roy L. Williams to start the third quarter felt almost like a turnover because you're up by two scores after that sequence late in the second quarter, which was essentially a 14-point swing, and now you got this field position, and then Bryce makes K-State pay with an absolute dime to Ja'Cory Brooks there. And it's 28-10. to 10. I mean, you can't throw a football any better than that. But defensively, you get the two takeaways. You get the stop inside the 10. Um, just a really good job by the Alabama defense over the final three quarters. Again, it was Vaughn early, and he was problematic. But when you look at his last 14 carries or so of the game, Alabama did just fine. Played a lot of people, too. 
You know, uh, rotated guys into that front seven throughout the game. Uh, you saw a lot of Jamarian Latham, you know, kind of becoming this veteran option now over the last couple of seasons after being a reserve, uh, seeing Jamarian Latham. Uh, get a lot of work in that Alabama defensive front seven. Now, some of that may have had to do with uh, Byron Young not quite being 100%, but Byron played in the game, and he ends up with two solo tackles and his final contest for the Crimson Tide. And again, a lot of different options. You wondered about inside linebacker because Deontay Lawson was dealing with an issue, but he gets the start, plays pretty well. Six tackles, one and a half tackles for loss. Henry with a tackle for loss. You had a situation even at the star position with Brian Branch there in the second half. He ends up succumbing to some cramps. I I guess so, right? You make 11 solo tackles, an interception, and a sack. Yeah, you might end up feeling some cramps uh, even in a – dome game down in new orleans but malachi moore comes on and uh plays in that role and uh has a tackle for loss and you saw christian story because demarco helms had a situation his helmet comes off there in the second half christian story comes on at the safety position then they go dime and with brian branch out this christian story at the money position in the dime with more at the star so some of the times you get some indications about what might be coming down the road and the transfer portal is making that so much more difficult because when we talk about this game in terms of what it means for next year I'm very cautious not to go as far as to describe it as potentially a springboard performance it's important here's where it was most important it was most important for the culture of the Alabama program Because there are so many variables now that as a coaching staff, you do not control. You do not control your roster nearly as much. You still have to consider the the likelihood, the certainty of coaching movement on an annual basis, whether it's this year or any year. I mean, we know there is movement coming for this Alabama coaching staff. So, so many of those things in terms of personnel and staff – are interchangeable now or subject to change so much these days with the freedom of player movement being what it is, especially that, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think we'll know Uh, probably until the start of next season. We know we anticipate anyway that there's going to be a quarterback competition. We did see Jalen Milrow in the game for Bryce in the fourth quarter. Ty Simpson very much expected to be prominent in that competition as well. But when you look at the rest of this football team, you're going to have the need for continued development along the lines of scrimmage. Tyler Booker, I thought, did some good things in that start at left guard. He had a really nice block on the touchdown run by Jace McClellan there. Uh, What was that, in the second quarter, I believe? Jace, uh, no, that was actually in the third quarter. Jace McClellan on that 17-yard touchdown run. Uh, Tyler did have a holding penalty in the game, but you're still going to have a vacancy at the other guard spot. Seth McLaughlin, you feel pretty good about coming back at the center. We did see James Brockermeyer late in the game at center. So from a depth perspective, some guys like Elijah Pritchett, Jaden Roberts, uh, Terrence Ferguson, you know, how far do they come? in this offseason and taking over some important roles either as starters uh, or also uh, as two deep guys. And you've got, of course, a 
stellar recruiting class set to join this mix and how some of these incoming freshmen along the offensive line uh, are able to to step in and perhaps make a big impact. I know as Alabama closed that cycle, there's certainly going to be that expectation with one or two of those guys and really at tackle our guard. Uh, but those are some areas Got to continue to develop it inside linebacker because Henry's moving on. Jalen Moody moves on. Uh, We did see some of Sean Murphy and Jihad Campbell later in the game at those two inside linebacker positions on Saturday. Safety becomes uh, a particular area of interest, assuming that Brian Branch moves on with DeMarco Hellams and also Jordan Battle. You would think Malachi Moore would be back, but Christian Story in that mix. There's some guys that you might experiment with a little bit back there at the safety position between corner and safety. So how that all plays out. And look, don't forget about specialists either, man. Will Reichard, you want to talk about fitting? Thought it was very fitting in his last kick at Alabama. He just drilled that 49-yarder in the fourth quarter on Saturday. Uh, Nailed it. And... uh, that's that's not a guy that's going to be easy to replace either. And when we talk about special teams in relation to Saturday's game, that was about as good of a all-around performance as we've seen from Alabama, especially when you consider the onside kick recovery by Roy Dell Williams. I thought uh, Kool-Aid had a nice punt return of 15 yards. I thought uh, Jacquez Robinson did a nice job in that return that, There was the opportunity for him to commit a block in the back right there in the neighborhood of where Kool-Aid caught the punt. He did not do that. Kool-Aid had enough space to make the first guy miss, so showed some poise. And also a guy who's a veteran. I mean, if you can have some veterans in this era of the transfer portal in your special teams, that's a a bonus unlike any uh, we've seen in previous years uh, or we're going to see. Uh, because of the movement so special teams going to be a big part of it too I mean you bring back James Burnip uh, you got Hibbett as your long snapper Neilan Hibbett as your long snapper but so many of these guys that are coming in you know the Caleb Downs who may plug and play at safety he may be a starter from pretty much day one that this isn't to say he isn't but even if he is I won't be surprised to see him on special teams because with all the movement now with the transfer portal a lot of those streams that provide you with your special teams personnel are going that route too so you got to continue to replenish those areas with your defensive backs with your tight ends with running backs with wide receivers uh, safeties, corners, uh, those are guys that have to help out as far as kick coverage and kick return is concerned. So pretty complete performance once we got beyond the first quarter of Saturday's game. You kind of expected a very motivated Kansas State team. Not that Alabama doesn't get team's best shots every time it takes the field, but you really felt like this was coming from K-State. And it did, to K-State's credit. I think K-State's actually a really good football team. But K-State is limited. You know, I wrote about this in the lead-up to the game. Alabama has nine players invited to the Senior Bowl coming up. K-State has one, and it's a corner who was beaten by Brooks on that beauty of a pass from uh, Bryce Young for the touchdown there early in the third quarter. So there was an obvious disparity in talent. But 
it was a veteran K-State team, uh, a, a K-State team that felt like it was capable of getting on that type of stage Saturday and taking care of business. Obviously had a point it wanted to prove, but again, to Alabama's credit, to take that kind of punch early and really be in a tough situation with that third and 10 from around their own 30 and then to hit that explosive play to Jameer Gibbs, that was a huge moment in the football game, no doubt about it. So Jameer, speaking of Jameer Gibbs, 15 carries for 76 yards, thinking that was his swan song performance, a one-and-done perhaps for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And what about Jamarian Miller, man? All Jamarian Miller does is come on late in games and rip off explosive runs. He had a 38-yarder there in the fourth quarter on Saturday. Jace McClellan, a very solid performance, seven carries for 42 yards and including that 17-yard touchdown run. Good to see Roydell get some work as well later in the game. I thought Roydell was really good on special teams, had a tackle on kickoff coverage, recovered that onside kick attempt to start the third quarter. And then, you know, Bryce, again, spreading the football around when you look at Alabama's receivers. Cam Latou, big. He had a, I think it was a third down there, what, in the second quarter maybe on the on the drive, sort of the definitive drive. And Cam keeps the ball alive, it looked like, with his right hand before he could secure it. Uh, and then Cam with a touchdown grab of his own. Jermaine Burton, man, once it once it started to click between Jermaine and Bryce, it was great because he caught three balls for 87 yards, uh, including a long of 47 on six targets. And he, of course, also had the touchdown pass on that touchdown catch on that dig route where he was able to secure the football. Jameer on the strength of that 60-yard reception, two catches, 66 yards. Ja'Cory, two for 51, including that 32-yard touchdown reception. Kobe Prentice, his lone catch in the game is that catch and run uh, in the third quarter for 47 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jace had a catch for 10 yards. You know, some of these guys only caught one or two balls, but you know, they ended up in the end zone. You know, Ja'Cory with just two catches, but one of them goes for a touchdown. Kobe with just one catch, but it's a touchdown. Isaiah Bond, one catch, touchdown. So, you know, Alabama just really as a team picked it up, cleaned it up starting in the second quarter. And a lot of it started with the run game, whether we're talking about Alabama running it or Alabama slowing down the run. And offensively, Alabama in that first quarter, I think a lot of people will think about it in relation to the miscommunication that seemingly was taking place between Bryce and specifically Jermaine, but, you know, Alabama wasn't able to run the football early. Alabama was intent on running that outside zone with primarily Jameer, and it wasn't happening. Minus six yards rushing in the first quarter. I think you had a sack of Bryce in that mix, maybe two. Um, But then starting in the second quarter, and really to get that, That drive going on the 98-yarder, that's what it was going to take because, as we know, Nick in that situation, especially when he's ahead, but we saw it a year ago at Texas A&M, he's not going to burn timeouts unless he feels like he's in a position of of favor and, and, and there's some security there that he's got some room to work with. But, you know, that was a big part of that 98-yard drive and sort of convincing Nick that, okay, let's let's go ahead and transition into hurry-up mode. You know, when they were able to sort of um, get it out of there, get it out of the four, the two, inside the five, when Jameer picked up those 22 yards off right tackle, 
and got it out to the 26, that's when you saw Alabama go more with an intent on trying to drive the football. Now, Bryce missed Ja'Cory Brooks on a first and 10 play where he had him open over there on the right sideline. Bryce misses him. But then Jace goes for 12. Now you're sitting out at the... You're sitting out at the, what, K-State 38. Also, K-State has an injury on the play. Alabama takes a timeout there. And then Bryce just uh, with a beauty of a ball to Jermaine Burton uh, down the left side. Um, hits Cam for that 22-yarder that we talked about earlier. And then it's the crossing route to Jermaine for 12 and a, and a touchdown. And uh, you felt really good about Alabama's chances at that point at 21-10, to 10, especially getting the football coming out to start the third quarter. But I thought the run game for Alabama over the final three quarters was was really good. When you consider that Alabama, again, negative yards in the first quarter on the ground, and they still go on to finish with 175 rushing yards for the game, it was probably more like 180 over the final three quarters. Um, that's the type of performance that you can live with. Conversely, as far as defending the run, as we Talked about earlier, you know, Vaughn's 88-yarder in the first quarter, a big part of the 191 that uh, K-State was able to put together for the game. So winning performance really across the board. And also, as we talked about turnover margin, penalties weren't a huge problem for Alabama in the game. I thought the second quarter penalty that was called on DJ Dale for hands to the face was pretty lightweight, to be honest with you. Um, It sustained that drive because obviously that was a third and long play and that helped keep the K-State offense drive alive that ultimately ended down inside the Alabama five. But, you know, for the most part, penalties were pretty good. Now, Kendrick Law is going to get a penalty a game. You just need to go ahead and prepare yourself for that. But something else Kendrick Law will do, Kendrick Law will cover some kicks, and he will make some tackles on special teams. You're either going to get a penalty or a tackle from Kendrick Law when it comes to special teams. But um, penalties in general, uh, not enough. And, and again, a K-State team not nearly as penalized as much as Alabama during the regular season. Uh, the Crimson Tide was able to keep that respectable anyway. You know, I'm st- I'm sure Nick Saban will still uh, find a, a problem with uh, five penalties for 45 yards, but when you stack it up next to six for 40 for K-State, yeah, you probably would have taken that. If we're being honest going into this game, you probably would have taken those numbers where penalties are concerned. So it is Alabama with another 11-win season, 11-2. and two. I'll leave it up to you. However you want to define this season, I'm not going to call it a disappointment, but I will say for what this team brought back, for what this team was capable of accomplishing, and really based on what we saw Saturday from this team, I think it's fair to be disappointed in how things turned out. A Sugar Bowl championship, that's nice, Uh, but not to advance to Atlanta, not to advance to the college football playoff, and I don't buy into this narrative involving Bryce and Will, by the way, that their careers were ultimately disappointments. How the hell do you say that when Bryce Young wins a Heisman Trophy? And by the way, he was part of a national championship team as a true freshman. He wasn't the starting quarterback, but he does have a national championship ring. He has a Heisman Trophy. 
Uh, Will Anderson has multiple National Defensive Player of the Year awards. Um, Will is a unanimous All-American in his junior season. They're two-time permanent team captains. So I don't know how you can go as far as to label their careers or their time at Alabama as disappointing. I, I don't. You can do it, but it's stupid. It's dumb. And as far as Bryce is concerned, you know, now comes the draft process, the picking apart, the size, all those things. That's great. That's great. Any NFL GM that wants to do it, anyone that wants to pick apart Bryce Young, that's fine. But the bottom line is, Typically, it's not all that hard to see when a guy has it. So, is is why does it need to be more difficult than just that with Bryce Young? We're going to hear plenty about the things he doesn't have. But if you can't see that this guy has it, if you need analytics to prop yourself up because you don't have the ability as a professional evaluator of talent to see that this guy obviously has it, not only in terms of physical attributes outside of his size, but the way that he is wired, the temperament, the competitiveness, well, there's probably a reason why you've got an opportunity to pick Bryce Young in the first place, right? That's going to do it for Instant Analysis. Thank you for tuning in throughout the season. We're going to have continuing coverage of the Sugar Bowl and everything else Crimson Tide related right there for you at BamaOnline.com. Alabama hoops, a big part of the storyline moving forward, so we'll have that for you. But between Tim Watts and Hank South, you know we're going to have supreme recruiting coverage and team coverage as well with Charlie Potter, Kirk McNair. We've got you right there at BamaOnline.com. And want to hang out with us at the roundtable, the premium message board of choice for Alabama fans around the globe. With that, a happy new year to you and yours. Be safe out there, folks. And let's uh, let's get into 2023 and see what it brings to us, right? Happy new year, everyone. And until next time, so long, everybody. <laughs>